This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why, this is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why. The podcast. Welcome to the This Is Why podcast. I'm journalist, author, and comedy writer, Laura Lane. And I'm author and editor, Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week, we give you best friend advice on topics including pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, news headlines, and whatever else is on your mind. And Angela, this is our inaugural episode, technically. Yes, we have had 250 episodes of the This Is Why Your Single podcast, but this is the first This Is Why podcast. It's very right. different. We can, we can talk about anything we want. So different. I feel so free. We're so free. Who knows the places we'll go. And we're going to tell you some of those places right now. This week's episode is Friendship During a Global Pandemic. We'll be answering your listener questions, including one listener who is struggling to motivate herself and another who wants to know how you can be friends with people who have different views. Then we're talking about what's in the news, including what workspaces will look like post-pandemic, the best music out right now, and potty training a toddler. But first, Angela, what has been going on in your week? Well, I was treated to my first virtual doctor appointment. It was a gynecologist appointment. Um, I was only getting blood results. It was not a physical exam. How uh, did you, you pay, did you have to pay me money take, for that? Do you have to take your own blood? How did you get no, the blood so results? Had, right before the pandemic hit, I went and got blood taken. And then six weeks later, all hell had broken loose. But she just, she got the results and she was able to read to me over our little like FaceTime. And it was great. And she's like a new doctor that I've been seeing. She's very kind of like earth mother, hippy dippy, which I love. Um, so she like got right into it, asking me about my sex life. Which, like, I was like, I thought we were just reading blood results. And she's like, have you been having sex? What have you been using for protection? And meanwhile, what she didn't realize was Ian was right out of frame next to me working from home. So I was just like, well, you know, to be honest with you, I have not really been in the mood. This whole pandemic thing sort of <laughs> dried me up a little bit. So <laughs> and Ian's little- just sitting there, like, nodding his head. Yes. Little did little did she know this was like a uh, almost like a therapy appointment, like a sexual therapy. She definitely wanted it to be. And I was just kind of like, can you please tell me if I have PCOS? <laughs> Which, by the way, guys, it uh, doesn't look like I do. I thought I did, but I don't. So back to the drawing board with that. Man, uh, yeah, I guess you got to take your appointments in another room. I don't know if this is following HIPAA. HIPAA is the... the I, I, isn't HIPAA... No, is... What's the, what's the thing? The Privacy Act... <laughs> Right. But I think that's more she can't tell other people what we discussed. But I guess if I am okay with Ian knowing that I'm telling my doctor that we're not fucking, then it's on me and it's fine. Okay. When you first told me that you had a virtual gynecology appointment, I was very concerned that this is going to be a situation where you would have to like spread legs open to a video camera. Although the cam girl business is booming, apparently a lot of people it is are booming. Make it on camera for money, just not me. Okay, yeah. good. Thank God. I've been reading a lot about that. Um, I know. You know, if if you feel empowered, great. Exactly. I do not. Like I said to my gynecologist, I'm feeling the opposite of sexy right now. Which she said to me, she was like, you know, I hear it's basically fifty fifty with my patients. 
Some people have a lot of downtime right now and they're like using it. They're doing it a lot. And then some people are like you, not finding the pandemic to be an aphrodisiac. It's all, all normal. Both sides of the coin are normal, apparently. Okay, so she wasn't trying to tell you one was better than the other. No, she just wanted to know how I was feeling, which was, you know, nice, I guess. It's nice that she gave your results in person. For me, they're like, we'll contact you if there's a problem, which I find is a very concerning way to give results because I don't know. What if it gets lost in the mail? What if you have my wrong phone number written down? I really think the rule should be we will call you regardless. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to freak the F out if I have a missed call. Exactly. That's the thing is if they call, you're going to think that. You're yeah. dying. They might just want my copay. You know? Right. Maybe I underpaid on the copay, but I'm going to freak out if they call me. So I, I think they should give results regardless. Uh, I like, agree. like your lady does. Yeah. Well, that's just another reason I'm going to keep going to her. She cares about my sex life and she gives blood results in person via Zoom or whatever. The, the, they use like a special app, the doctors. It's like with the whole HIPAA thing that you're talking about. There's like yeah. a special doctor secure app. Um, have you seen any virtual? doctors I have well you I don't have? know I don't know if you would call it a doctor per se <laughs> uh Angela I had a virtual acupuncture appointment how does that did you apply the needles yourself yes I did uh um, that sounds dangerous <laughs> well let me explain so first we just had a consult appointment virtually where we talked about what I'm going through we talked about um, the program. And then she said, I'm going to order you supplies and I'm going to send them to your house. And she's like, hear me out. If you don't want to do this, that's okay. I'm going to send you these little needle stickers. The needle is so small. You will not really feel it. And it's like a round sticker, kind of like those round band-aids. And you're going to stick it on the spots that I would usually do the needles. And usually she's like, you know, the big acupuncture needles that, you know, would not be safe for me to do. She's like, I promise it's perfectly safe. I said, she's, you know, but you can't order it yourself. I'm like, mm, okay, it's safe, you know, it's safe, but I still can't order these supplies myself. But, uh, mm. but, uh, okay. I, I trust, I trust her. She's extremely knowledgeable. She's very kind. She's one of the best acupuncturists I've ever seen. Uh, actually all my acupuncturists have been, I've seen three. They've all been pretty wonderful anyways. So she sent me these circle band-aid needles. She sent me ear seeds, which are totally harmless. And I've been very into ear seed. Those are also little tiny circle stick-ons with a little bead. And so the you stick the bead on, you can leave it in for three to five days. And it- In your ear? Uh, like around your ear, you know, like there's a lot okay. of ear, ear points that can affect different parts of the body. And so uh, it will, it will, you know, kind of push on that point. And then she sent me one more thing. I can't, it, I feel like I don't want to say it because I can't, I'm going to like say it wrong. I think it's like, it's not mo- moxa. Moxa is what it's called. Moxa. Um, and those, that's something that you put on you and then you burn it. So she's like, are you sure you feel safe to do this? I'm like, yes. So needles and fire <laughs> on your face and you're doing no, no, it the yourself. Needle, the needles were going on my stomach. So the needles okay. I did. So then the next appointment we did it virtually and she explained the points and I put the little stick on needles. I 
could barely feel them. It was fine. That all went smooth. Then I did the moxa and she was there watching that too. And then as soon as it gets, you kind of close your eyes and as soon as it gets hot, you like move it and stick it in the thing of water. And then the ear seeds, I had my husband put the ear seeds on. So he reluctantly became my quarantine acupuncturist. And how did he do? Was he gentle? He's very gentle. He did a fantastic job. Uh, he was extremely re- reluctant, but also he's very much, you know, whatever makes you feel great, Laura, whatever helps with your anxiety, I will support. So he happily put my ear seats in. So um, that was my virtual doctor-ish appointment. Wow. That uh, that took a lot more skill than mine did. I mean, are you, do you think you'll do it again? Yeah, we have an appointment on Friday. You feel comfortable sticking yourself? I do. You know, I've been supposed to be doing all these things we did every every two days, but it's like, I don't, honestly, I just want to do, like, I like just doing it during our appointment. It's not something I really want to think about every day, but yeah, I did feel relaxed, I think-ish after the appointment. Okay. It's not the well, same. Maybe, maybe it'll get better. Maybe like the first time you were tense from trying something new for the first time and yeah. then you'll relax more as it goes on. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, I know it's a little weird. I probably would not do it, but I'm proud of you for doing it. Yeah. You know, whatever helps with anxiety. So, yeah. Uh, all right. On that note, it's time to jump into our mailbox. But first, we're going to take a very quick sponsor break. Hey, guys, it's Angela. Before we start the show, we would like to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. Squarespace is a place where you can easily turn your cool idea into a website. And uh, we talk about it a lot on the show. We're big fans of Squarespace. One of Squarespace's taglines is a dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet, which is so true. Even with our Brie brand, you know, we were being sneaky behind the scenes. You guys didn't know, but we were updating our website to reflect all of our new ideas and our new branding so that it would look all shiny and nice once we announced it and people went to the website. But yeah, it wasn't really real until we made we updated our website. And Squarespace makes it so easy. If you have an idea you want to showcase, you can think about starting your own website. If you want to start your own podcast or maybe you want to sell art or sell homemade jewelry or do graphic design, interior design, whatever, Squarespace makes it really simple by giving you beautiful templates created by world-class designers. You have the ability to customize the look and feel, the settings, the products, and more of just a few clicks. And if you ever get confused, which, you know, we do from time to time, they have 24-7 award-winning customer support to help you out. So head over to squarespace.com single for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SINGLE to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain, and they will hook it up for you. All right, Angela, what do we have in the mailbox this week? Okay, first up, we have our listener, Aditha, and Aditha writes, congrats on rebranding the podcast. Thank you. Uh, She says, I'm excited to hear everything you guys have planned for us, and I hope you and your loved ones have been doing as well as you can be during all of this. I know everyone's been dealing with their own challenges during all of this, but for me, it's been things like, one, this this, the week in mid-March that the country started really shutting down was also the week I was supposed to take my optometry board's exam uh, that I'd been studying for months for. But now it's so hard to find the motivation to prepare for something there's no end in sight for. But I feel simultaneously anxious 
that I haven't been utilizing this extra time and that I've forgotten so much information already. I saw my boyfriend less, oh, sorry, this is her second question, number two. I saw my boyfriend less leading up to boards, figuring we'd spend a lot of time together once it was over. But long story short, we ended up quarantining with our families. And what was supposed to be two weeks until I saw him has now become two months. Although our relationship is doing well, I am generally just so crabby about a lot of things because I miss him so much. I was wondering if you guys had had any advice about how to find motivation while still being forgiving to yourself and how to cope with being in a long distance relationship from just 15 miles away. And one more thing, my boyfriend and I have never really sent nudes, but I think it'd be something fun to do now. How can I bring that up organically without it being out of nowhere? So okay. She has three, three separate questions. All right. All right. Let's go through them. First, let's go to the nudes because why not? It's the sure. It's the easiest one to answer. Um, you don't really need to bring it up. You could just send it. But um, I don't trust anyone. So uh, whatever you do, no face. No face. And also, I think really important thing, if you are, I agree, like you can just send it and it'll be exciting for him. You don't need any lead up. But you should make sure he's not around his parents if he's quarantining with his family. You should probably maybe send a precursor text being like, are you alone right now? Right. And That's if you are not alone. Smart. You can also kind of ease into it. You can do a shot with like some sexy undies and like your arm over your boobs. I've sent that picture to Nick before. And anything I've ever sent in my head, I've been like, if this phone gets hacked and these pictures go everywhere, will I want to die? And don't send it if the answer is yes. So Tasteful it, news. Yeah. So if the answer is like, you would have, nobody would have any idea that that's me if this picture ends up on the internet because you don't know what hackers are up to in quarantine. They're bored too. They're that's they're true. trying to hack everyone's phone. I don't know, but that's a worst case scenario. So just putting it out there, yeah, just putting that out there. So, so no, no face and be aware of your angles and lighting. Yeah, and just know if this picture is out in the world, will I feel good about it? And, and will anyone be able to tell that it's me? Can I deny it till the day I die that that's me? And if the answer is yes, I can deny this till the day I die. No one will ever be able to prove that that's me. Send away, girl. All right. right. Question number one. Any advice about finding motivation uh, while still being forgiving to yourself? So there was a lot of stuff going around when quarantine started about how Shakespeare wrote this many plays and the law of gravity was you know, discovered or come up with in quarantine and all the, what brilliant play are you going to write? What brilliant movie script are you going to write? Give yourself a break. The entire world is grieving right now. And also you don't know when you're going to be able to take this test again. So honestly, I would put the books away. You've already studied, even though I know you're saying that you can't believe how much you've already forgotten. I promise that's going to come back to you. You're going to have some warning when the test gets rescheduled and all you'll probably need, I'm guessing, is like a two-week refresher to totally cram. And it's certainly not going to get scheduled before without two weeks notice. So put the books away. Go watch some Netflix. Read some books that you haven't had a chance to read for fun in a long time. And, you know, and, and maybe set aside like a couple hours a week or one hour a day 
to to study and if that won't that might make you feel better knowing you have this like little bit of time set aside but otherwise give yourself a break yeah i agree I, they're definitely they're going to give you plenty of notice when it gets rescheduled and at that point you can start cramming again but i mean we all have all this downtime like yeah i could be spending every extra hour that i have creating podcast rundowns for the show and being really productive but i don't even think that would be healthy you know like don't look at all this extra time as like oh i need to be filling it i need to be filling it with this stuff because that's like your your brain needs a rest so yeah you're you've done the work the information's there in your brain do a refresher right before the test and if it makes you feel better then maybe set an hour aside a day or a week to to quiz yourself but you're you're fine and then your last question was how to cope with being in a long distance relationship from 15 miles away which is what so many people are dealing with right now also props to you for sneaking in three questions into your question one question uh, you sneaky little aditha uh, um, all right but we're gonna answer all three because uh, this is the first episode. So uh, everyone's dealing with these long distance relationships. And honestly, in quarantine versus being in an actual long distance relationship, whether it's across the country, you know, three hours away or or in an entirely different country, it's the same advice as quarantine versus the normal old world that we used to live in, which is schedule times to talk, send sex if that's your thing, um, you know, schedule times where you can watch a movie together. There's, uh, I think Angela, you, you know, there, Netflix has a way where you can watch stuff at the same time, right? Yes. It's called House Party, I think. And then there's also like Jackbox is a, a way to play virtual games if you want to play games together. I've yeah, played I those mean, games. I can vouch that they're a lot of fun. They are fun. And after a while, like obviously when somebody asks like, how was your day? The answer is starting to get repetitive. Our days aren't varying that much. So it's nice that they're a game in every once in a while and have an activity to do together. I do think if you're only 15 miles away from one another, eventually you could probably do like a socially distanced walk together. But you really, if you're going to do it, you have to follow the rules. Otherwise, quarantining doesn't mean anything at all. Like if you meet up, you you cannot smooch. You cannot touch. Yeah. Or you might as well just, yeah throw all the rolls out. Uh, What else? We've been doing it for nothing. Yeah. What else we got in the mailbox? Um, Okay. So the next one is from an anonymous listener and anonymous writes, for the most part, most of my friends naturally have similar views as me. They're liberal, educated, and believe in the same social issues I do. LGBTQIA rights, climate change, Medicare for all, et cetera. But during this pandemic, I have been struggling with hearing my friends say things I find frankly, quite offensive. One friend said the planet is overpopulated and this is Mother Nature's way of responding, aka killing off people. Another friend said she was, quote, mad at China and they need to get their shit together and stop eating weird stuff. Oh my God, that's so offensive. (laughs) She says, I find this completely offensive and dismissive and ignorant of other cultures and also just factually wrong. Another friend said this was biological warfare that accidentally got out but couldn't really explain how or why. I have a lot of mixed feelings, and I know that, yes, sometimes governments cover up shit, the media can be wrong, Big Pharma can cause the opioid opioid crisis, and all of these things happen, but I am also not a conspiracy theorist. Overall, I am just confused and wondering how do I stay friends with people when they say things that are wrong and, most importantly, offensive. Um... 
Angela, I'll let you take this one first because you and I were texting a lot about some of these similar things, especially with the climate issue and a lot of people online saying how great this was for the climate without realizing that this is temporary and not a long-term solution. So this is not really, yes, there's been like a break in carbon emissions, but this is not a solution. All of the everything will come back. So anyways, I'll let you take that because right. you, you've been doing a lot of research, especially with Ian has experience in this. Well, yeah, Ian was in the sustainability program at Columbia for grad school. So him and a lot of our friends that he made through that program are just very interested in the environment and knowledgeable about this stuff. So I absorb what I can from them. But uh, yeah, it's not unusual in liberal circles even to hear people saying things like this for some reason, like this whole idea that it's, you know, the upside is that it's good for the environment. But anybody that actually works in that field would disagree with that because um, I think that the phrase is eco-fascism and it's basically like the idea that like uh, the cost of a human life is okay as long as like the environment is benefiting and that is extremely problematic. Like the world should not be flourishing at the at the cost of people dying. Right. So it's not a good thing. Also, a lot of those like photos were photoshopped of like the swans the Venice, in Venice. Yeah, the yeah. swans returning. Um, and the water being like extra blue. Uh, a lot of it's like not even and when, true. I know I've gotten texts from friends saying nature is blooming. I'm like, it's fucking spring. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking spring. It happens every year. <laughs> it happens every year. The flowers bloom in spring. Okay. And it's not to say, yes, the air is clear. Like there, you know, it is good for the environment temporarily, but this is not like I said, not the solution. So right. uh, I don't like the that solution. Argument. Yeah. The solution is like larger structures need to change in a way that will allow this to the, the, the small progress that we've made to keep going. But uh, the people that are dying are not to blame. You know, right. it's not like it's not like a yin yang. We haven't like achieved a balance here. Yeah. Um, and so- then in terms of like, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, well, I was just going to say, like, of the different arguments that your friends seem to be, like, coming up with, that one is one that I guess I've heard and is, like, the least offensive of of these. The other stuff, that's really hard to navigate because... Yeah, that's, a, I mean, that's border or not, well, it, it's racist. I mean, I did have a friend text me, eating bats is gross because, <laughs> you know, it's a zoonotic disease that likely right. started from from bats and honestly all i could write back was uh i while i would not want to eat a bat myself a lot of stuff that that we eat in our culture would be found to be disgusting in many other cultures as well so it's really all relative your norm is your norm you know i if i really think about it like eating another animal's breast milk makes me want to vomit but i'll eat a pizza <laughs> i still eat pizza you know if you right. really if you think about a lot of food when it it can really gross you out and it's all it's all relative and every culture has the foods that they eat that are that that they've just grown up around um yeah and this could have just as easily happened in america it just happened to happen in china but yeah what is what is considered disgusting is totally subjective and just based on what you were raised eating yeah so i mean if we were all vegans but the whole world's not going to be a vegan that's just not gonna happen right Right. Um, all right. So we don't need to break down every one of these extremely offensive uh, things her friends say, but I guess let's just 
narrow down her question, which is how do I stay friends with people when they say things that are wrong and offensive? And what kind of advice would you give to her when she's wondering if she can still be friends with these people? I would say, I mean, me personally, I would engage with them. I like, I would have the conversation, present the facts, you know, do your own research and come at them with facts and see how they respond. And if they are willing to have a respectful conversation with you, then I think that there's some potential there for everyone to grow and keep the friendship going. But if they shut you down, um, I don't know, I guess you got to ask yourself how that makes you feel and if those are the kinds of people you want to keep being friends with. Yeah. Uh, If there's any time that's going to highlight people's best and worst attributes, it's during a global pandemic. So this honestly, I got to be honest, it might change the way you feel about certain friends and that's okay. It's okay to, to realize that maybe you don't want to be friends with people that you used to be, or you want the friendship to look a different way. And it might mean just celebrating birthdays with them whenever we can celebrate things again. Uh, you know, it might just be seeing them socially, but not making them a big part of your life. And you're just going to have to do some soul searching and decide who said, which friends said what, which one said which one was not willing to engage and uh, and then go from right. there. Yeah. Ultimately, friendships are supposed to add value to your life, not take away. So if you find that spending time with these people is making you not feel good, like the things that they're saying is not making you feel good, then that's not a value add to your life. Absolutely. Uh, we hope that's helpful. If any of you listeners want your questions answered, email us at contact at thisiswhythepodcast.com. Please be concise. You paragraph or less if you want it on the show. You can also find all of our contact info on our new website, thisiswhythepodcast.com. And yes, that is a new email. So if you're a old listener, you can now email us at contact at thisiswhythepodcast.com. Don't worry. Our old email will still go to the same inbox. But let's start using the new one because eventually we're going to kill off the old email. All right. Enough logistics. (laughs) Now it is time for us to dive into this week's topic. But first, we're going to take a very quick sponsor break. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Sakara. Staying healthy while staying at home shouldn't be an added element of stress these days. With Sakara's immune-boosting meals, you'll replenish your body with essential nutrients to help you feel like your healthiest and best self. You have probably heard me talk about Sakara way too much on this podcast because I've been a huge fan of them way before they were a sponsor of our show. I discovered them. I'm friends with one of the founders and I'm the biggest fan. I think their food is so delicious. It has truly made my skin better. It's given me more energy. The food is so delicious. I love that I don't have to cook it because sometimes I'm just not in the mood to cook. I want to just heat something up or eat a healthy salad that has ingredients that I can't even find at Whole Foods because they're just fancy, healthy stuff. Sakara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Their organic ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful plant-based ingredients, and they are designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. I can vouch that all of those things happen. The menu of creative chef-created breakfast, lunches, and dinners change weekly, so you'll never get bored. Their food is so good. They have this tomato soup that I think is so delicious. Their salads are fantastic. I'm 
the biggest fan of their breakfast, like rose petal pancakes. And along with delicious meals, Sakara also has daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. To boost results, try the best-selling metabolism super powder, an all-natural remedy for bloating, weight gain, and fatigue. I have just you know, I take that like every morning and just mix it with some water. And I don't know, it's just it's magical stuff. I'm telling you, it's so good. I also really love their chocolates. They have these probiotic chocolates and beauty chocolates. And so I have a chocolate every single day and I know it's good for me. Right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash single or enter code single at checkout. That's sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash single to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash single. We would like to thank our sponsor, Talkspace. Talkspace is online therapy, and that has really never been more important than right now. We're all going through a crisis, and we're all stuck at home and cannot leave. So, I mean, we're feeling lonely. We're, we're missing our routines. I never thought I would miss going to work in an office, but somehow I do. Um, and, you know, we have, if we're lucky, we have loved ones that we can vent to. But that's really not enough. You need a professional. You need an unbiased third party who is is trained in this kind of stuff, like that that can work you through it, make you feel better, give you tools. We all need tools. So for Mental Health Awareness Month, Talkspace Online Therapy is more committed than ever to expanding access to support for anyone who is struggling. With Talkspace, you get the support of a licensed therapist from the safety of your home and can reach out from your device whenever something is on your mind. You can send your therapist texts, audio, picture, and video messages from your phone or computer 24-7 as much as you need. I know the time is just sort of a flat circle right now. We, you know, there's no difference between 5 p.m. and 1 a.m. really. So whatever, text your therapist 24-7. Everything happens within Talkspace's secure platform all on your schedule. Talkspace matches you with a licensed therapist based on your needs and preferences. They have thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, and relationship issues. Once you're matched, you can begin therapy the very same day. So the bottom line, you deserve support and don't have to struggle on your own. Your Talkspace therapist can be your dedicated support system there to help you feel healthier and more empowered even in these very uncertain times. As a listener of our podcast, you get $100 off your first month on Talkspace. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code SINGLE to get $100 off your first month and show support for the show, which is nice. So that's SINGLE and Talkspace.com. This week's topic is Friendship during a global pandemic. Yes, this topic was inspired by our listener that wrote in who's struggling with her friends. But, you know, there's a lot of other, you know, issues when it comes to friendship during a global pandemic. We're feeling very isolated. Different friends might be following protocols a little differently that could kind of also piss you off and upset you if you're being basically a kind human that doesn't want strangers to die and you are following quarantine. (laughs) I say this like clearly Angela and I uh, really get pissed off by people not wearing their masks and being jerkaroos. But 
if you're using the sanitizer, if you're being very careful when you do have to grocery shop or whether you're ordering in, you're being careful with your groceries. And if you're, you're not socializing and you have friends that are saying like, hey, let's hang out. Let's go meet at the park. You know, this, these kind of issues might be like friendship breaking. Um, I don't know. Do you, have you dealt with this at all, Angela? Do you have friends that are like flaunting the rules? I would say for the most part, my friends are taking things very seriously. Um, but some of them have done things that I would deem risky and I personally would not do. And what I kind of, my mantra has been (laughs) because only like if they were like totally being reckless, then that would be another thing. But because they're mostly following the rules and they've done like a few little things here and there that I'm like not okay with, I'm just kind of being like, everything is uncertain right now. Everyone is figuring it out and doing it with the best of intentions. So I'm trying not to judge. Judge, exactly. Yeah. It's really hard for me not to to judge because I do believe every person matters. There's a case study of this one guy in Chicago who uh, got coronavirus, was asymptomatic at first. And and spread it around by, you know, hanging out and going to various things to 16 people, three of which that died. And so, you know, every person does matter. Um, but, yeah, it's frustrating. I have a very close friend that, like, just went away to the Hamptons just for the weekend. I'm like, you're not supposed to fucking travel, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> right. I didn't say that. Yeah. I was like, look, look, I'm glad you had a nice time. You know, <laughs> like, I don't even I have a lot of friends that have left the city to go upstate, which, you know, that's been considered like problem people that are have like left the city to like you know go upstate and potentially be like spreading it around upstate so I don't know but I I'm I do believe that you know the people that I do know in my life they, they are being safe considering whatever choices they've made and um yeah I'm just kind of taking it on a case by case basis but there are going to be some people that I'm going to never see the same way after this. But that being said, what I do want to talk about is tips for maintaining the friendships that you do love. So Angela and I have some tips for that. Number one, put it on the schedule, whether it's every week, maybe every three weeks. You know, time goes by very fast. Not a lot is changing for most people in quarantine. Um, if something does change, obviously you can say, Hey guys, I got some news. Let's do a zoom. But, um, for a while I was doing too many zooms. I was doing them every week. It was just too much for me. So I would say do every, every other week or every three weeks for different groups of friends. If you have just like a very small circle of friends and you're not doing zooms with like your work friends and like, you, two different groups of friends, then you could do it every week. But um, yeah, don't don't over Zoom yourself or you're going to get burnt out. But, but put yes. it on the schedule. My, my Zoom advice also is to make sure you're scheduling one-on-one Zooms. Even if you have a small friend group, like I have a close friend group of like five people and we do a lot of stuff together. But even that, you still can't connect really. Like you can't have like real conversations with people. So I've made an effort to like text the people in my group and be like, let's schedule a one-on-one thing. Yeah. And so honestly, real conversation. if it is one-on-one, Angela, I've gotten a little burnout by the FaceTime and Zooms. Just pick up the phone. It's honestly less awkward. And you've been talking on the phone your entire life. I find that to be a little bit more natural. All yes, right. That's true too. Tip number two. Take it away. Okay, tip number two, send your friends a little gift. Send them flowers, send them something in the mail if it's their birthday. 
Um, it was my canceled bachelorette party weekend recently, and I got a lovely little package in the mail from my friends from a, you know, they supported a local business by uh, ordering from this little shop in Queens, and they sent me like a candle and a mug and all this great stuff, and that, it felt really nice. It was like, you know, you couldn't see, I couldn't see people, but I, getting an unexpected package, like, l- brightened my day. So I've consider had, that. I've had uh, two friends give birth recently. I, I sent one of them, like, an actual birthday cake in the mail. Um, I supported a local shop that I love, a little children's boutique, and sent gifts to to the two friends that have babies and then and then another one that's expecting. So it's it's a tough time right now to be celebrating whether it's your birthday or having a baby or an anniversary or really anything in your life. Um a canceled wedding of course. So, you know, don't forget you can support businesses by ordering online. Uh tip number two, ask for ask for tips from friends for how to make your quarantine life easier. You can do that on Instagram stories. That's what I like doing. I posted about cooking. You know, anyone have any cooking tips? And people recommended a crock pot. Someone even offered to drop off their crock pot. My friend Hillary, shout out to Hillary. She said, I don't use my crock pot. I have a car. I will leave it outside of your apartment. We don't have to interact. And you can just have my crock pot. So she just like got in her car and like left it in front of my house. Very nice friend. I know. I should send her a thank you note. Um... And a Roomba, some, you know, I, I said, how do people feel about Roombas? I got a lot of positive response. So I splurged on a Roomba because, you know, it's been hard to, to fit in work, taking care of a baby, cleaning the house, cooking. So we got a, a Roomba and it's been, it's been really great. Yeah. Robot made. Yeah. Just like the Jetsons. Um, and finally, don't assume that everything is good just because it looks good on Instagram or obviously. TikTok or whatever you're using or wherever. <laughs> um, it's definitely good if it looks good on Facebook, though. Yeah. Just kidding. Um, yeah. Check in with people just because they're posting a, a picture of them like looking cute in their mask and they seem like they're dealing really well. They're not going to put their breakdown on Instagram unless they're me because I did that recently. <laughs> Uh, but I liked it and I, and I did, it did make me want to like check in with you. So it was effective. Thank you. (laughs) On that note, it's time for our weekly rundown. The trumpet came with the new, uh, rebrand. It made the trip over. This is our weekly rundown where we tell you what's new in the world or what's new in our lives. It is time for pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting news. All right. Those are the topics we're going to be covering. First up, pop culture. There is a lot of great new pandemic music out. I've personally been into Fiona Apple's new record, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Pretty much every critic loves it. It got a perfect score on Pitchfork. Uh, it's perfect for your quarantine life. You can, because she made it mostly just, you know, self-quarantining in her little house in Venice pre-pandemic. Yeah, she's kind of a, a recluse anyway. Yeah, exactly. She was she was quarantining before that was a thing. Uh, I love that you can hear her dogs. She like bangs on the walls of her apartment. It's just fantastic. What have you been listening to, Angela? Um, Yeah, music has been very important to me while in quarantine because I don't want silence, but I don't want to have the TV on like that much really at all. So I've had music on constantly. I've also been very into the new Fiona Apple album and I love Under the Table is my favorite song. T- kick me under the table all you want. I won't shut up. 
Very relatable. Very. Um, and I've also been listening to Hades Town, which maybe is not for everybody, but if you're into show tunes, it was the last musical I saw before the Broadway shutdown. And uh, all the themes are very relevant right now. It's about like not knowing what fate has in store for you and and spring disappears and the whole like the tagline of the show is spring will come again. And so it's been like inspirational to me. I love spring it. Spring will come again. It will. It's here. It is and here. Hope, but, but hopefully it'll come again and, and oh, we'll oh, be able to go outside and yeah, breathe there. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, what's new in politics, Angela? So the Atlantic had this whole long thing called um, the Good Ridden. Good riddance to the handshake. It was by Megan Garber, and it was all about how basically, yeah, the handshake is probably going to go away after this, which Thank is crazy. God, I mean, no, really? You think it's crazy? Oh, I could not be happier. It was always awkward to shake people's hands. Was it too firm, too soft? You didn't want to be like a limpish handshake, and also it was always completely disgusting. You don't know where people, what people have touched on the subway or who knows where else. It was always gross. And I couldn't be happier that it will be gone. I guess prior to this, I was not that much of a germaphobe because I didn't really think about it that much. I actually, I was one of the few people that preferred a handshake to a hug. Um, I, I Hugs with strangers make me weirdly uncomfortable, but I, I don't mind a little handshake. I mean, action, how, about, yeah. how about neither? What about just, I, I'm all about. Oh, it's definitely going to be neither now. Yeah. But she did, she pointed out how basically Trump has up until this point, been sort of like politicizing the handshake by continuing to do it and acting like everything is fine. Um, and there was like this event where he like tried to shake all these CEOs' hands and they didn't want to insult him and they were basically just trying to avoid him. Um, and the quote from her was she wrote, this was classic Trump, oblivious, insistent, alarming, the ensnarement of others in his grip during an event about the risks of human touch was another instance of President Trump's awkward handshakes, except the awkwardness in this case was a direct harbinger of danger to come. Yeah, this doesn't surprise me. Yep. Not at all. Um, yeah, I mean, they recommend wearing face masks. He refuses to wear them. Pence goes to a hospital, doesn't wear a face mask. I mean, they neither of them care for others, so not yeah, surprised. On, but uh, On my apocalypse bingo card, I did not have him politicizing face masks and handshakes but here we are here we are next topic friendship shout out to my neighbors who have been getting me groceries when i can't get a slot and baking me goods angela you don't understand every day there's a little cupcake or cookie outside of my apartment door from my neighbors it's great Uh, wow i think i need to start talking to my neighbors then because (laughs) i do not get a cupcake i just hear people yelling all the time um that's adorable i I've also been very touched by the kindness of friends. Like I said, people sent me stuff for my bachelorette. You sent me a Dolly Parton impersonator on Cameo. and I sure did. I got two wonderful messages, one from one of our listeners, thinking that it was you in Dolly Parton drag. Wow. I would not put that much effort. Sorry. I love you, Angela. I... I did put enough effort into seeing if the actual Dolly Parton was on Cameo so that I could pay to to get her to talk to Angela. Dolly Parton is not on Cameo, but an impersonator was. So I got an impersonator to give a shout out. You can watch it on. Is it still on your Instagram or no? It was on my stories, mm. but uh, it wasn't. Just, it wasn't. Know, it ping me. I'll send it to you. It didn't. But mean it was an- good enough that 
one of my straight male friends fell for it and thought it was really Dolly Parton. Oh. And he messaged me and he was like, whoa, this is better than going to Dollywood. And I, I thought he was like doing a bit. And I was like, yeah, I know, right? And we just kept going back and forth. And slowly I looked at Ian and I was like, I think he thinks this is really her. <laughs> and then his wife messaged me and she was like, yeah, he thought it was really her. If it actually had been Dolly, would it have been, would that have been big enough to get upgraded to your Instagram, like your, your main Instagram Instead of just that, the stories. <laughs> she would. Yeah, it would have made it to the main. <laughs> oh, all right. Next time. If Dolly gets on Cameo, I'll do it again. All right. Uh, next up, dating news. Uh, we're talking about a story by Priya Parker in the New York Times saying brides are rethinking their weddings to do it virtually with no end in sight. Angela, I got to get your take on this. So love it. Priya wrote. Just kidding. Hate it. Priya wrote, let's be real. If your wedding was planned as a big gathering in the next couple of weeks, probably even months, and you don't want to cancel, now is the time to pivot to a virtual ceremony. Well, I still have my bridesmaids dress. I already bought it and it's been delivered. So I don't like this Priya either. I don't like this as much as Angela. But here are, uh, uh, she talks about a couple ways that uh, some couples have reimagined their day. A couple in Chicago got married on a city sidewalk when they walked back to their apartment and watched one of their favorite Marvel movies. (laughs) Angela's like, fuck no. Uh, Another couple (laughs) held fast to their original wedding date and were married April 25th. A friend of the couple rode his bicycle from Williamsburg, Brooklyn to officiate. Another couple got married on their porch and invited their community to watch. That's kind of sweet. For dinner, they made a a coke. Coco van. I don't know. I can't even say what they made. Yes. No, you said that's, yeah. Okay. Correct. Uh, a couple got married under the St. Louis Gateway Arch. Another couple got married on their rooftop and made a really great drone video. That's cute too. Angela, feelings, thoughts, <clears throat> what's coming up? Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Very happy for these people that they've been finding the silver lining and making good out of bad or whatever. But I follow all these wedding accounts on Instagram. They're all posting shit like this right now. And it fills me with rage hot boiling rage because I'm like I'm not doing that I'm not doing it I don't want to even like taint it's all my my wedding has already been tainted by all this I don't want to like have like get dressed up and like do a little thing and like have a bouquet under these circumstances like I want no part of it you will wait I'm waiting you will wait till the vaccine yes all right what do we have in work news Blessings to anybody who is not waiting, but just not for me. Okay. And finally, yes, in work news, the New York Times had a piece on how the pandemic may mean the end of the open floor office. So this is what they wrote. They said, soon there may be a new must-have perk, the sneeze guard. This plexiglass barrier that can be mounted on a desk is one of many ideas being mulled by employers as they contemplate a return to the workplace after coronavirus lockdowns. Their post-pandemic makeovers may include hand sanitizers built into desks that are positioned at a 90-degree angle or that are enclosed by translucent plastic partitions, air filters that push air down and not up, outdoor gathering space to allow collaboration without viral transmission, and windows that actually open for freer airflow. All I got to say is why didn't this shit exist back when I worked in an office? Okay, nothing drove me crazier than those people that would come to work. Basically, like, they might as well have been on their deathbed, like, coughing up, like, a storm, but acting like they were a saint because, oh, they're so sick, but, like, you know, came all the way into work. And, and like, look at them working so hard even though they're so sick. And all I could think was, 
go home. You're going to get all of us sick and it would just piss me off. I mean, I think that kind of thing is definitely going to change going forward. I hope it stays for the long term. Like you're not going to be cool if you come to work sick. You're going to be an asshole, which I always thought you were the asshole, but now you could actually kill somebody. So uh, I wish the sneeze guard was always there. It's gross. Sneeze on your shoulder. Don't sneeze on your hand, people. Know how to sneeze. Um, Yes, do it into the elbow. And uh, hand sanitizers, all of this, everything you described sounds great. Uh, I wish, you know, the office places I worked with have been like prisons with no open windows. You know, uh, they've been pretty bad. I don't know how they're going to reimagine every sky rise building in New York City. I don't think it would be safe to have an open window, but they can open like a crack. I don't know if places are actually going to do that, but uh, I would love all of this that was just described. I mean, yeah, my office, which we've been told we will not be back for months and months. Uh, so not too worried about it. But we didn't even have windows in my room, let alone windows that open. So we'll see how that goes. Looking forward to the sneeze guard. Me too. All right. And our last topic of this episode is parenting. So I read a funny piece in McSweeney's that made my mom friends laugh. It was called Living Through a Pandemic or Potty Training a Toddler. This was written by Sue D. Gelber and Julie Vick. So I'm going to read some of these. Uh, And you have to decide whether it's living through a pandemic or potty training a toddler. Number one, going out to dinner is completely out of the question. Two, pants are optional. Uh, I'm I'm, going to hop around. Uh, You know exactly how many rolls of toilet paper you have. Uh, Your house smells like Clorox. At any given moment, somebody is crying. You never thought you'd say this, but it might be fun to go to Disney World when it's all over. Uh, there's more of them, but spoiler alert, every single one of these was for both pe- and living through are, a pandemic or potty training a toddler. Are you, you are potty training currently, are you not? No. I mean, no. we have a potty. We've had it since Christmas. <laughs> he peed in it four times and I thought, oh, this is great. He's just going to like potty train himself. And then that totally stopped. Now, anytime I see, he goes, poo poo. I go, let's go in your potty. No. <laughs> Poo-poo While on you bean- have lots of time yeah. to figure it out. Poop on beanbag, he said to me today. So it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, that is it for this is week's for this week's This Is Why podcast. Uh, we hope you liked it. Let us know what you think of the new structure. We'd love to hear your feedback. This is the first episode, so we're still figuring a lot of things out, and your input matters to us. We want to keep what you like, leave what you don't. So tell us the good and the bad. You can email us at contact at thisiswhythepodcast.com. Uh, check out our book, This Is Why You're Single, and my new book, Cinderella on the Glass Ceiling and Other Feminist Fairy Tales. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and your local indie bookstores. And our audiobook, This Is Why You're Single, is available on Audible. Uh, yeah, it, both of those books will give you a laugh in quarantine. Yeah, that's right. And... Do something nice for yourself. Get yourself a little gift. Get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors. For a full list of our sponsors and the codes, you can check out our podcast page on thisiswhythepodcast.com. And we are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at thisiswhypodcast. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. And thank you for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. This is why... This is why pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why the podcast. That was a headgum podcast.